morning church or afternoon wherever you're watching us from but again it's a pleasure for us to be gathered in god's house we give him all the glory in jesus mighty name amen so quick let's open our bibles to the book of genesis chapter 2 genesis chapter 2 we're reading from verses 15 to 25 genesis chapter 2 from verses 15 to 25 hallelujah genesis chapter 2 from verses 15 to 25 in our usual manner, let's read together one to go. The Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded man, says, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them, and whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. Hallelujah. It says, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Hallelujah. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. And so the Lord caused man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with the flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called a woman for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. And Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. For those of us who are writing quickly, the title of my sermon this morning is Marriage, It Is a Purpose Thing. Hallelujah marriage it is a purpose thing so for those of us who perhaps it's the very first sunday here in the place of victory all throughout the month of february we have tagged it our month for exploring the power of relationships and for the very first two sundays of the month by the grace of god we have been looking at what it means for someone to have a relationship with god hallelujah and that's what we're looking at the winning with god what does it mean to actually win god when god is involved in the man's matter but one of the things that we're able to lay foundation for is the fact that if you are going to discuss the subject of winning with God or relationships, then you must also have the conversation of what destiny is all about. And the reason is simple. is because destiny, as we have understood, is the assignment ordained by God for every individual to fulfill. Hallelujah. Destiny is an assignment what ordained by god for any individual or for every individual to fulfill and so whether you are seated here or you're watching me online the reality of it is what you are not here for no reason you are here on an assignment hallelujah and so just for the reason why for some reason or the other you came to swansea on a particular assignment when you look at the overarching reason why you exist god has a reason for you to be here of many people who were for the sake of a want of a better word, of many people who were, so to speak, credible to take on this assignment, God found nobody else but you. Hallelujah. 
And so for that reason, you must attach some level of unique significance to your existence. And I say that because when you understand the subject of destiny, that will begin to shape how you view things. Hallelujah. And so for refreshing, we said that if we're looking at aspect of destiny, then we must understand that life can never be lived exclusive of God. It was never the design of God for man to live outside God. It is God's intention that is actively involved in my life and in your life. Hallelujah. And so here the Bible tells us in John 15 verse 5, it says what? Abide in me. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches and he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing. And so perhaps you have been struggling to get results and there are no results to show. The very first question you must ask yourself is where is God in what you're doing? Because if God is involved in whatever you're doing, it's guaranteed to prosper. Because the Bible says that what, whatsoever the righteous do, it shall do what? Prosper. Regardless of whether it is the prevalent thing of the day or not. For the fact that God is involved is the demand that it must bear fruit. Hallelujah. And so John 3 verse 2, a very interesting scripture, Nicodemus came to Jesus asking him, what are the reasons behind the results I am seeing in your life? And Nicodemus even answered and said, because I know that no one can do these things except what God be with him. Praise the name of the Lord. And so when you are looking at the most vital relationship, so to speak, it must start with what? The aspect of God being involved in your life and in my life. And so just to give a, a brief recap, we said that how to win God is that number one, we must cry out. I'm going somewhere for, for the sake of those who are wondering why. How to win with God, number one, is that what you and I must cry out for the help of God. Number two, we must be in obedience. And I recall saying that for every challenge in a man's life, it must be traceable to disobedience. Because when you are in obedience to God, you are allowed to become what God has called you to be. Number three is that we must walk in the consciousness of his presence. This is very vital because when God is with us, then that consciousness will be embedded in how we live our lives. Number four is that we must, we must forsake every idol. What is an idol? An idol is anything that takes the place of God in your life. Praise the Lord. An idol could be anything. So long as it's competing with God in your life, it is an idol. It can be inanimate, it can be animate. It does not matter, but whatever you exalt above God in your life is an idol. And just like we know in the book of Second Samuel, the Bible said that when the Ark of Covenant came into the temple of Dagon, every other God had to fall. And that's the same thing with our hearts. The moment God comes in contact or comes into your heart, every other God must be destroyed. Because the Bible said that what I am a jealous God. You shall not have any God aside from me. Hallelujah. And and number five is that what we must engage the spirit. Why? Because is it the spirit who directs every step that you and I must take if we are going to win in this battle called life. And finally is that what we must select the right people. This is what brings me to the conversation of today. We must do what? Select the right people. I like what Judges chapter 7 verse 2 says. God was speaking to Gideon based on an assignment that Gideon was given. And Gideon began to select men based on what he felt was the right way to do. And God said that to, uh, to Gideon, the people whom you, who are with you 
are too many to give the Midianites into thy hands. And he says, lest you claim the glory of itself against me, saying, my own hands have saved me. And so therefore, if you and I are going to go far in life, praise the Lord. If you and I are going to go far in life, it is based on the people we have in our lives. Praise the Lord. You know, someone made a statement and said that if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, you must go with people. Hallelujah. If you want to go fast, then you go alone. But if you want to go far, then you must go with people. And that brings us to the conversation of today. Hallelujah. And for me to start with that, I must first of all demystify what marriage is love. Praise the Lord. I must debunk first and foremost what we think or what society has told us that marriage is. Number one is that what? Marriage is, we do not marry because we are in love. Hallelujah. Now, this may sound contradictory to what you have thought before. So for that reason, you meet a guy or a guy meets a girl. And for the sake of the fact that you think you are in love, the next thing you think is what? It's time to get married. No, we don't marry because we are in love, but we are in love because we are married. Hallelujah. We do not marry because we are in love, but we are in love. Sorry, not to confuse you. We do not marry because we are in love, but we what? Are in love because we are married. Hallelujah. Because love is a choice. And I say that because when you look at the very first marriage instead in the Bible, it was a case of where God himself joined Adam and Eve. Because the Bible said that what? For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother, and the two shall become one flesh. And so the reason when Adam said, when Adam saw Eve, he never said, oh, I love her. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so for that reason, if you think you love someone, it is not enough reason for you to think that the next step is marriage. And I will explain further. Number two is that what? We don't marry for the sole cause of procreation. Yes, the resultant effect of procreation is that what? It's the result of being married is that what you and I procreate. But that is not the sole reason for you and I to get married. Number three is that what we don't marry as a solution for loneliness. And so for that reason, perhaps you have lived in your flat for so long. Nobody to keep you warm and you're thinking, perhaps, I think I need to get myself a flatmate. That's not the reason to get married. Hallelujah. Why? Because until you subscribe to how God defines marriage, you would not enjoy the blessings of marriage. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Number four is that what we don't marry because we have a marriageable age or as a lot of family pressure. You know, when I was growing up, it was almost like a template. You go to school, you, you finish school, you go to university, you finish university, you graduate, you get a job, you get a good job. Two years into the job, the next thing they're asking you, oh boy, am I not seeing somebody who is time for me to have grandchildren? But guess what? Regardless of the pressure, it is not enough reason to get married. Hallelujah. Why? Because if you understand what God's mind is, then regardless of the pressure, you know why you should get married. Praise the Lord. I, I believe it was Dr. Miles Monroe that said that when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. You see, the reason why many of us some people, I don't want to say everybody, but some people believe that marriage is a bad thing is because they have seen marriage from the lenses of those who have done it wrongly. Praise the Lord. You see, because the reality of it is what? Everybody engages one thing or the other based on reviews. Hallelujah. 
So, for example, you want to buy something from Amazon. It's almost a default habit. You know, you look at the one that has the most reviews first. Because that tells you whether it is a good product or not. Then you carry on to go and look at what other people are saying. But guess what? You don't know why they said what they said. Praise the Lord. And so for someone who may have gotten marriage wrong and is saying that marriage is a fake institution, you don't know what went wrong in their marriage. And so it is foolhardy to base your judgment of marriage based on somebody who thinks marriage is not a good thing. Hallelujah. And finally, he said that we don't marry to satisfy our sexual intimacy alone. Praise the name of the Lord. So perhaps you are, your hormonal issues are is becoming too hot. Praise God. And you're thinking, you know what? The only way I can solve this problem is to get married. Hallelujah. That is not the basis for getting married. And so for those of us who may be wondering, so if marriage is not all these, then what then is marriage? Praise the Lord. What then is marriage? And I said that marriage, first and foremost, it's an institution established by God for the sole purpose of accomplishing His purpose on the earth through a man and a woman. Very, very key. Because the truth is, if you think it's the other way around, it is not marriage. You may be joined together, but it's not what? Marriage. Hallelujah. In other words, every marriage is a vessel or tool in the hands of God. Hallelujah. Whether you like it or not, there is something God wants to accomplish in your marriage. Praise the Lord. There is a kingdom assignment destined that is designed for your marriage to accomplish. And when you begin to understand this, then it is not about you, but about him. Praise the Lord. Many a times the reason why we are offended or upset in marriage is because we have made it all about us. Praise the Lord. If you want to get something right in this kingdom, it must be about him and never about you. Praise the name of the Lord. And so marriage is an institution established by God for the sole purpose of accomplishing his purpose on the earth. Adam did not have an agenda. It was what God gave Adam to do that Adam did. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So for that reason, we begin to look at what then is of marriage. And I said that number one here, that marriage is the most vital relationship after salvation. Praise the name of the Lord. If you're going to make, to make the most important decision of your life, after giving your life to Christ, it is who to marry. Praise God. Because you see, a man of God said to his pastors, and he said that if you want to make heaven, praise God, ask your wife. And if you want to go to hell, you must do what? Ask your wife. Why? Because who you marry determines the destination. Praise the name of the Lord. Whether you like it or not, heaven is real and so is hell. Some people have had their experience here on the earth. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Whether you like it or not, heaven is real and what? Hell is also real. Praise God. And so if that be the case then you must begin to understand. For those of us who are not married yet, you must take your time and be sure this is what God will have me do. Hallelujah. Number two is that what? Marriage is a good thing. Don't let anybody tell you that marriage is bad. Marriage is what? A good thing. The Bible says, Proverbs 22 verse 28, it says, He who finds a wife... Praise God, has found what? A good thing. 
marriage is good for God to call it good. Remember, the Bible said that what everything God created, He did not rest until He called it good. Hallelujah. And so, when the Bible is saying that marriage is a good thing, believe me, marriage is a good thing. Hallelujah. And so, regardless of what the society may say, you know, I remember seeing, I seen an article some years back and was saying that is marriage outdated in this day and age? And the reality of it is a concern because many people are trying to enjoy the dividends of marriage without being in marriage. But the truth is, until we subscribe to the templates of God, we would never get it right. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Number three is that what when you marry or who you marry would largely determine what your relationship with God. Praise the name of the Lord. Who you marry would largely determine your relationship with God. Whether you like it or not, ask those who are married. Because you see, when it comes to your relationship with God is something you cannot compromise. The people in your life can either fan your flame or douse your flame. Praise the name of the Lord. It's either they are encouraging you to pursue further the things of God or to abandon your God. Ask Job. After all, the wife said, why don't you curse this your God and die? After all, it was his wife. Praise the Lord. And so you understand that if God or if my relationship with God is important to me, then I must decide what is your role in my relationship with God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Number four is that what? When or who you marry determines the nature of relationships that you would build afterwards. Praise God. Many of us, we pray for destiny helpers. But guess what? Who you marry can pursue or invite your destiny helpers. Praise the name of the Lord. Who you marry will determine whether those helpers will stay or they will go. And so you must largely understand this. It's highly important. Because remember I said, if you want to go far, it will be determined first and foremost by who you marry. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And number five is that what? Who you marry can be an open door to favor or a hindrance to your favor. Hallelujah. They can either be what? An open door or what? A hindrance to what? And, and this is why the Bible recommends that what? It is not good to be unequal yoked. Praise the Lord. When the church as a body or as an organization begins to give these recommendations, it is always for the advantage of people. You see, many at times when we see things, we think that God is doing this for his benefit. No. Everything God commands is for my benefit. Because whether we obey or not, God is still God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And so then, quickly, how then do we choose who to marry? I'm going to touch on how to choose a spouse and how to maintain a godly relationship. Because this is the idea of this sermon. Hallelujah. It is to address those who are yet not married and for us or for those who are married. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so how then do I know the one? What are the things that I must be looking out for for those who are yet to make that decision? Number one is that what? They must be walking in purpose. Praise the name of the Lord. Remember, I started first by saying that you are here on an assignment. And this is why when it came to the case of Adam, the Bible said that what, but there was no body suitable to help Adam. Praise the name of the Lord. And so if you're choosing somebody, the question must be, what is your role in my assignment? 
Praise the name of the Lord. What is your role in my assignment? Remember, not love first. Because many at times we think that it is based on love. Then love is the base for me to get married. Purpose must be the number one thing. Because anybody who is working in purpose, God is supposed to send you someone who is there to help you. Because what? You cannot do it alone. Remember the passage you read last Sunday. The Bible said that what? As for Moses... Moses was lifting up his hands, but at some point, the Bible said that what? His hands were heavy. Praise the name of the Lord. His hands were heavy. And the Bible tells us when you read Ecclesiastes chapter 4, it says, Woe to him when he falls, he has no body to pick him up. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so purpose must be the basis for you and I to choose who to marry or who not to marry. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Number two is that what they must be of the same faith. They must be of the same faith. It's not a case of, oh, you know, church is not really the thing. You see, the Bible said that what? Do not forsake the gathering of the brethren, particularly as you see the day approaching. You know, funny enough, something happened within the week. A colleague of mine is a Christian. And so, every week, we're always asking him, so, what of this your new... Um, girlfriend that you just found you know and he said look i'm beginning to have cold feet and i said why he said because i noted that she's not as committed to church as i would want her to be and i said for me you just saved yourself a whole lot of headache because you see there is nothing like you trying to go forward somebody's pulling you back it is easier to pull somebody down than to pull somebody up praise the lord it is easier to pull somebody down than it's easier to pull somebody up. And so for that reason, if you want to go up, you must make sure that the person who you're going along with is willing to go in the same direction. That is why I say that what marriage is like a rowing boat. Praise God. When you watch the Olympics, everybody has to be rowing at the same pace if we're going to go forward. If it's only one person that is rowing, guess what? The boat will be going in circles. You'll be stagnated. You're not going anywhere. And so, if you're going to go far in life, you must decide, who am I getting married to? Number three is that what? You must have the fear of God. Praise the Lord. You see, when I thought I was a gentle person, marriage exposed the inside of me. Praise God. Hallelujah. You see, because I thought I was very gentle. I thought I was calm. You know, I was loving. Yes, I, I can be. But you see, marriage will expose those things that you didn't know that, that were there. And so for that reason, you'll be forced to react. But you see, the Bible said that what? The love of God compels us to do certain things. It is the fear of God that will make you not to take certain steps. Because ordinarily speaking, I would have done such and such. But above all, I fear God. Hallelujah. I fear God. You know, I tell my younger sisters you can marry anybody but my condition is that what they must fear god because there are times you would misbehave it's natural we are human beings but it's the fear of god that will restrain such a person from taking any ungodly step praise the lord you know i hear people say oh my wife said of me and so for that reason i must go ahead and cheat my own who are you deceiving Praise the Lord. You see, it is the fear of God that restrains us from taking certain steps. And the reality of it is this. The reason why the enemy is against marriage is because if we can succeed in destroying marriages, 
he will succeed in destroying nations. Hallelujah. And when nations are destroyed, the world at large is destroyed. You know, someone said that every national problem was at some point in time a family problem. But it was managed at the family level. And so for that reason, it kept on escalating. Escalating until it became what? A national problem. Hallelujah. So the fear of God is so vital in who you decide to marry. Number four is that what the person must have what regard for authority. Praise the name of the Lord. A red flag is for someone who pays no attention to anybody. Praise God. You know, in my language, they say it's the king that nobody talks to him. Praise God. You are the king of your own kingdom. Nobody speaks to you. What you say is law. Such a person is a red flag. Because the Bible tells us clearly, it says that what? For by wise counsel. It says that what? That you are, you are able to wage war. For in the multitude of counsel, there is what? Safety. The person must have regard for authority. You know, before I got married, I asked my wife, I said, if I misbehave, can you tell me five people that I can call to, that can speak to me? And she said, this, this. I said, okay, fine, they're on the right track. Praise God. And thank God I haven't misbehaved. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Number five, if that's what, then you can talk about what? The physical attraction. Because the reality of it is what? We all have eyes. Praise God. But your physical attraction must not be the basis upon which you choose somebody. Hallelujah. That should be the last. Praise God. And so then, how then are we able to build and sustain a godly marriage? How are we able to build a godly marriage? And said that what? Through wisdom, the Bible tells us, is a house built. Hallelujah. And by understanding, it is what? Established. And so number one thing you must understand if you're going to build a godly home is that what? Every marriage is different. Praise God. Every marriage is different. What works for family A may not work for family B. So if you begin to judge that person's marriage with your own marriage, that's a recipe for disaster. Because the Bible said that what they that compare themselves to themselves are not wise. Praise God. And so every marriage is different. So you must focus on your own home. The Bible has given us principles on how to build a godly home. Number two is that what you must be mindful of erroneous counsel. What do I mean by this? You see, the reality of it is what? The people who have experienced bitter marriages will counsel you from their place of bitterness. Praise God. That's the reality of it. The people who have experienced bad marriages would counsel you from the place of what? Their bitterness. And not necessarily how marriage is. I remember then, they would tell you, oh, don't marry from this place. They are bad. But guess what? That person is counseling you based on their experience. And that's not how it, sh it should be. So be mindful of what? Erroneous counsel. Yes, whether it be come from elder or young or whatever it is, you will know a counsel is not godly when it does not glorify God. Hallelujah. Number three is that what marriage is the union between two different people. Hallelujah. My wife cannot be me and I cannot be my wife. And so rather than us complain about our differences, praise God, why don't you celebrate the different thing about your spouse? Praise God. 
Because the reality of it is this. When the enemy wants to create chaos, he amplifies the bad, praise God, and discounts the good. And for many a times, if you look deeper, the person whom you're criticizing, there is something good about what they're doing. Praise the name of the Lord. Number three, or number four, is that what? You must make the commitment. The reality of it is what? Marriage is not for children. It's only a child that will say, I'm doing this today and I'm doing this to tomorrow. You know, I'll ask my wife, sorry, my daughter, I say, what do you want to eat? Rice Krispies. I'm making the Rice Krispies. Why don't you eat? Oh, daddy, I want toast. That's a proof of you being a child. As an adult, you must what? Make the commitment. Because the truth of this is, is simple. Is that what? That if you're going to make your marriage work, it will only work if both of you are willing to make it work. Praise the Lord. Just like every great venture, it takes effort. Praise God. It takes deliberate effort to make things work. And so for your marriage, both of you must make that decision. Come hell or high water, we must make this thing work. Praise God. Hallelujah. Number five is that what? You must make daily deposits. You know, marriage is like a bank. What you withdraw from the bank is what you have put into it. And so when it comes to marriage, there will be good days and bad days. In the good days, be making deposits. Praise God. Because in the not so good days, it is what you have deposited. Hallelujah. That will sustain the marriage for the longer journey. Praise God. You know, I remember, for example, when my father was sick, it is anything that I, I honor my mother for the most, is that even in my dad's sick days, she stuck by my father. Praise God. Many people will run because my dad, in his sickness, did some things that ordinarily my dad, in his right mind, would not do. Praise God. But my mother stuck it through. Praise the Lord. And so you understand that it is by you making deposits. And how do you make deposits? A compliment here or there would not hurt. Praise God. Sometimes we wait for the lavish things of life. Oh, when I can take you to the Bahamas or whatever it is. But no. You can take a walk down the beach. It costs you nothing. But all it does is, is to what? Create memories. Is to create memories. Because those memories are what is in your bank. That tomorrow, even when you begin to act not according to template, then at least you say, but I know this person was never like this. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Number seven is that what you must know your role. Unfortunately, we live in a day where it's now the feminist movement. Praise God. But the reality of it is what? Although I understand the motivation behind it, but I don't believe they are going about it the right way. Praise the name of the Lord. Yes, it's true. Women have been marginalized and they have been, their voices have been taken. But not at the expense of you trying to tarnish the image of the other. Praise God. And so you must know your role. Yes, God created man and woman to be equal. It's not a case of servant and master relationship. No. But you see, just as it is that in a boat, you cannot have two captains. Somebody must be leading. Hallelujah. And so you must know your role. Because only then are you able to man your post. And I man my post. At the end of the day, we are building a godly home. Praise the name of the Lord. And finally, it says that what only God can change his spouse and not you. You see, many a times we think, oh, I don't want to marry him. Or rather, when I marry him, I will change him. Praise God. 
That's the lie of the devil. Because the truth is what? If you can't change him now, you can't change him when you're married. Only the manufacturer can alter a product. Praise God. You know, I told my wife, I said, you know, I made some pair of trousers in Nigeria. So when the tailor brought it over, you know, it was tight. And I was saying, her, you know what? I need to make an amend, you know. And she said, only the person who made it can fix it. Praise God. And so in the case of marriage, only God can change a man. The Bible says, Proverbs 21 verse 1, it says what? The heart of the king are in my hands. Praise God. And so yes, you can have a conversation about what you don't like, but don't expect that to change, except you go on your knees. Praise God. Anything you don't like, deal with them on your knees and watch what God will do. I learned that from the marriages I've observed around me because you realize that sometimes all it takes is for God to minister to that person's heart. And, and the change you desire will be there. And I trust that God will help us all in building a godly home in Jesus' name. And just to leave us with a quote, somebody said something, and this is the essence of what marriage is all about. It says, the highest meaning and the most ultimate purpose of marriage is to put the covenant relationship of Christ and the church on display. That is why marriage exists. And so if you're married, that is why you are married. And if you hope to be married, that should be your dream. That when people see me and my wife, they understand what it means for Christ to die for the church. Hallelujah. That is the reason why we are getting married. And the Lord will help us all in Jesus' mighty name. Let us bow our heads even as we pray. Begin to ask the Lord for mercy. Perhaps you have gone about things the wrong way. Perhaps in your marriage, you are not as pleased as you would want to be. And you're asking the Lord that, Lord, show me mercy. Now that I've received wisdom on how to build my home, Lord, I ask for the grace. Perhaps there is unforgiveness in your heart. Your spouse may have hurt you in one way or the other. The Bible said that word that we must let forgiveness bear in our hearts. The Bible said that word, do not let the sun go down on your anger. It says be angry but do not sin. It is the intent of the enemy to use offense to destroy your home. And so therefore, when you begin to spot the wiles of the enemy, you are able to resist him. Begin to ask the Lord for the grace to forgive. The Bible said that what the blood of Jesus is able to purge our conscience from dead words. Therefore, Lord, in any way any of us may be harboring bitterness, anger, disdain, oh God, towards our spouse. Lord, this is the seed of the enemy. And the Bible says that whatever my father has not planted shall be uprooted in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask that you will begin to uproot these things from the heart of the people in the name of Jesus and let love begin to burst forth oh God let joy begin to burst forth oh God that at the end of the day oh God in heaven let every marriage represented here reflect the character of the Christ and that your name be glorified in Jesus mighty name perhaps you have not even given your life to Christ perhaps your marriage is in crisis and you don't even know Christ yet why don't you invite him into your home by saying this and say Lord Jesus you know I ask for your forgiveness I acknowledge that I'm a sinner but here I am oh Lord I confess you as my Lord and my Savior grant me the privilege to walk in the realities of the new creation in Jesus 
mighty and matchless name. Everlasting God in heaven, I ask, O oh God in heaven, for whatever is committed into your holy hands is that which you are committed to keeping. The Bible says in Psalm 121 that he who keepeth Israel neither sleeps nor slumber. Father, I pray that you will keep every home in your perfect love in the name of Jesus. And for those who are yet to get married, Lord, your word said that, that you will lead us in the way that we should go. Lord, I pray for your direction, O God in heaven, in Jesus' mighty name. And for those of us who are in ungodly relationships and are seeking for a way out, Holy Spirit, I ask that you strengthen them. But above all, Lord, let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Praise the name of the Lord.